Hi and welcome to another episode in the You're My Content podcast. Today I'm delighted to welcome Nafisa Shafiq, who's Student Communications Manager uh, in Higher Education. So thanks for joining me, Nafisa. It's a pleasure to welcome you on the podcast. Thank you, Asif. It's an honour to be here. Oh, an honour. I'll uh, take that as a compliment and thank you. So before we get into the main crux of the what we're going to talk about today, um, I just want to quick a few quick fire questions just for the listeners to get to know you a little bit. So let's start with a nice easy one. Um, at the time of recording, both Nafisa and myself are just observing the month of Ramadan. So let's start with um, what's your preference on day or night? And in Ramadan, this changes. Day. I'll still prefer, say day. You prefer day, yeah? yeah. The, the, the hours where we have to abstain from eating and drinking. <laughs> yeah, because I, I just want to sleep at night time. That's the thing. I've got I've got a two year old. Um so I've got two kids, a six year old and a two year old. So I need to yeah. wake up for the school run. So yeah. day for me. Day for you, good. Um let's let's see tea or a coffee drinker? Tea. Tea. What brand of tea is it? Yorkshire tea. Got to be Yorkshire tea. Good stuff. We've just announced today, actually, we've got um, as part of Comzero a week later this year in September, we've got Gina Stringer from Yorkshire Tea, so uh, okay. who's speaking. So that's good. So yeah, Yorkshire Tea, the unofficial brew of Comzero. Um, following on from tea, biscuits. Are you a dunker? Yes. And uh, what's what, what are your favourite biscuits then? Oh, my favourite to dunk is actually a rust cake. Um, so it's a South Asian biscuit, which is double baked, I believe. Um, so in shape, it's quite long and it holds the it holds the liquid quite well, but doesn't tend to break off. Um, so that's my that favourite. true. Yeah. If anyone wants to try Google rust cakes um, from Regal, Nafis, Kashmir Crown Bakeries. That's where they want to be um, looking at those, and I'm sure you can get them on mail order, but definitely a great for dunkability, those yeah. are. Um, okay, so are you um, Apple or Android? Apple. Uh, everyone I'm interviewing is Apple. It must be a comms thing. I it must be a comms thing. Blackberries. Um, so I went from, you know, remember the days when we all had yeah. Blackberries? Blackberries, um, so there's a blast from the craft day. Yeah, so I went from having one of those to Apple, and I've just never looked back. Yeah. And uh, okay, let's go with uh, Twitter or Instagram. Now, Twitter. In personal life, though, Instagram was a preference. But at the moment, I have to be honest, I've switched off my Instagram um, because, like you said, we're fasting. Um, I was trying to get rid of distractions. Um, So Twitter at the moment. And how how, how are are you suffering withdrawal symptoms? Any FOMO from the Insta switch off? I was last week. I think I'm past them now. I've realised I can still. Well, I, I've realised I can still log into Instagram um, through just the Explorer, which doesn't actually help. So you haven't switched off fully then. Yeah. So and I think I've gone in twice. I'll be very honest. I have to be. Honest. That's good. I've gone in yeah, twice. Uh, honesty is the best policy. So okay. So um, uh. Oh, are you uh, passing time at the moment with anything on Netflix? Is there any box sets you're watching at the minute? I binge watched The Bull Type just before Ramadan. But lots of people have been talking about that, actually. It's good. I, I think if you work in PR and comms and if you worked agency side or anything that's remotely like an agency, it pulls you as well because actually some of the topics they discuss are, you know, some things that are quite relevant to us. So how to go get a story talking about diversity, talking about, you know, owning owning your story. 
so it, it's really good and it's quite light as well um so I've, I've been to watch that just before at the moment because we're fasting I'm trying not to watch um so I'm trying to be good and just focus on prayer and observing my fast and everything else that comes with it very good good on you so I appreciate all of that Nafisa and I, I hope that's given people out there just a little more um knowledge on the human side of you mm. so we're gonna um touch on the uh, the whole point of this podcast and what prompted me to to invite you onto the comes Era podcast was a, a blog that you wrote um uh, entitled belonging in pr and comms a tale of a polyglot now i have to admit uh, and comms era is what there's a saying we've got on the t-shirts and the notepads if in doubt google it i had to google polyglot to find out the meaning so for anyone else that out there like myself what is um uh, uh is it polyglot or polyglot it is polyglot polyglot yeah. yeah okay so um, what so, is it so a polyglot is somebody who can speak multiple languages well um, honestly speaking, uh, you said you Googled it. I Googled it a few years ago as well. Um, and the more I've read about it, the more just that whole concept of being able to speak multiple languages uh, has been really fascinating to learn about. Um, so the thinking is that there are three types of pots um, and they all follow different patterns. Um, and the aim is actually to gather knowledge in different languages. So it's about gathering the knowledge in multiple language in, uh, languages and being able to retain it and then you know talk to people in those languages um the, so the first concept is that is a language family focused polyglot and that basically means that you learn languages that are very similar to one another um so for example a french speaker might pick up a language in um do you know a, oh, i need to say that again um so a french speaker picks up italian or and then spanish and the reason is because the actual sentence structure is quite similar. The vocab in there is, um, you know, it intertwines and they all follow quite similar patterns. Um, the second type of polyglot is an unfocused polyglot. And that's somebody that actually learns random languages. And there's lots of reasons why you might want to do that. You might be interested in the language. You might live with a particular type of person that knows a different language or for travel reasons. And then the final is a world polyglot, and that's a combination of the two. So somebody that's picked up some similar languages and then picked up random languages as well. And most polyglots, the thinking is that they end up in this category. And language is more about learning and you become curious about it. And that's why yeah. you continue to learn more and more. Yeah. Um, if I was to put myself in a category, I think I'd still fall in the family focused polyglot because a lot of the languages that I know are quite similar to one another and and it's been easier to learn them because of that. Yeah. Okay. So I hope that I'm I'm glad you reassured me and you said you had to Google it and I hope many of the listeners will <laughs> have to do the same and it's not just it wasn't just me. I thought I shall ask that question because I might be alienating myself or put myself out there. But you know it's a new term definitely and um uh, and the, moving on to the blog itself. So you well you've got the you've got a blog which is a reflection of your time working in comms um and uh, you said in there or you say in there you've made a promise to own your story and show up. So tell us more about that. Okay, so I'm a British Muslim. My heritage is Pakistani. 
when my grandparents actually migrated from India to Pakistan when the partition happened. Okay. Um, culturally, I've grown up with friends who were always told that girls should be seen and not heard. And although that wasn't something that my parents raised me with, um, it was something that surrounded me. And for many years, even though that wasn't me, I found that at the beginning of my career, I started to do just that. I started to blend in. And even though I spoke about my differences, I don't think I really wore them with pride. So I wasn't really me. And um, that made me quite uncomfortable. Um, I stopped saying yes to opportunities. I stopped, um, you know, just talking about my culture, just talking about who I am, just talking about the things that I believe in. And as I progressed in my career and then when I started my own family, I realised that I wanted to change that. I didn't want to be that person anymore. And um, I want others, including my own kids, to know that it's okay to be different. It's okay to really own your story and really be proud of who you really are. I can't tell my kids to do that unless I do that as well. Um, So that's what the blog is all about. It's about holding myself accountable to that. Okay, no, that's great. And that's certainly something that will come across. So in, in in that blog, you wrote an article about one of your early experiences within your comms career when you wrote a press release. So mm-hmm. tell us tell us what happened. Okay, so I was interning at an agency and the agency owner knew that I didn't have a PR background. Um, and the whole purpose of the internship was to give me that experience. Um, she knew that I'd studied marketing and I was asked to write a press release. Um, I didn't actually know how to write one. I didn't know what the purpose of a press release was. I did read a few by looking at the Yorkshire Post and you know o- other types of newspapers. Um, and when I shared the first draft with her, um, she wasn't pleased to say in the nicest are, are you way. Being, you're being polite there, I think, I was, aren't you? I'm, I'm being polite. Um, it was red penned and when she came to feedback um, how I'd done in there, she went straight in with the question about whether I knew the difference between an active and a passive sentence. I'll be really honest, at that point I didn't. I I might have learned it at school, but it wasn't something that I'd retained in my brain as something that I would have to then say to somebody what it means, for example. Um, I didn't admit it. I tried to just stand there and think of something clever to say. I, I I came up with something silly, which was basically, um, I, I just said I went to Grange. Um, and if anybody knows Bradford um, and some of the schools around here, Brad, um, Grange is, um, it's a public school, but it didn't have the best reputation. And um, so that's what I said to her. And when she when she asked me whether I knew the difference between the two types of sentences, for me, it felt like she was asking if I actually went to school. And I think it's really important to be, I think it's really important to remember that um, I, at the time, was probably about 21. Um, this was an older, privileged white person who owned her own agency, who had talked to me about exploring the world and working with the elite class. And she was feeding back in a way that wasn't kind at all. And it doesn't land well. I felt small. I wanted to cry. I think to this day, so even today, if you asked me to write a press release, 
um, despite having worked in comms and being able to write um, I'm still scared of writing one I still get really nervous um, do you know surround farms goosebumps everything it, it's just something I've not been able to do since yeah so and I appreciate it. it takes takes a lot of courage to have shared that um, in your blog and also now on the uh, on the podcast um, as well so and we appreciate you, you you coming on and actually sharing that story because as you say you know 10 years ago it's it still kind of has an effect on the way that you think and the way that you are potentially so you mentioned in the blog that um 10 years on from that experience you had there's now a spotlight on equality and diversity in the pr and comms world so what do you feel when you listen to or see some of these conversations and read the articles so i think it's really interesting when you read them i think over the decades some things have changed but not at the pace that you would want them to i think it was in an a leader like me session where advita patel shared something um where she'd read that it will probably take about a hundred years or so um for that diversity to actually start kicking in um I don't think much has changed. People are saying the right things. Brands are saying the right things. But when you look at their actions, um, you know, it's still very performative. Um, people who sit at the table, so the execs and, you know, in all of the top roles, often are still privileged people. Um, earlier this year, it was reported that there were no black executives in the top three roles of um the top like 100 FTSE firms in the UK and that's the first time since 2014 so I think there's still a long way to go there was a race report that came out by um, the government in the last month or so um, although I've not really delved into it um, in the same way that others have again there, there's this thinking that ra racial discrimination isn't happening but it is and there's still a long way to go with it so you mentioned in there as well nafisa um, a leader like me so comms heroes part of that Vita um, has been a big part of that community for for a long time and that it's a it's a great program you know what um uh, and you were part of the first cohort on the a leader like me program so uh, and just worthwhile obviously mentioning they're not just a beta but also pre abates so what's that program about and how do you think you've benefited from it so a leader like me is is there to help underrepresented women non-binary people of color progress further in their career and um, achieve their leadership goals um, so Priya and Advita have set up um, a leader like me and there are there are two aspects of it at the moment um, so there's the flight which is a 12-week program um, that's where you join for 12 weeks and you go through master classes and Advita and Priya coach you through certain things um, so it's things like um, if you're struggling with focus and goal setting it's understanding how to do that if you think you're winging it, which some of us might do, um, it's how how to understand that you're not actually winging it. And, you know, the position that you are in is because of the hard work that you've put in. You haven't just got lucky. Um, it's also about overcoming your imposter and just understanding how you want to progress and how you can step into a leadership goal. 
um, and then the second aspect of it is the Nest, um, which is a monthly subscription. Um, it's very similar, but it's a community where it's a community of women and non-binary people of colour where we can continue to have the conversations about our lived experiences, ask each other for advice. There are masterclasses every month and there's also an Ask Me Everything with Priya and Advita. So if there's anything in your personal or professional life um, that you need a bit of advice on, it, it's a safe space to have that conversation with them, but with other people in that community. Great. And I hope that many people will get involved. I know the first cohort's been very successful and the second cohort's coming and I'm sure it'll run for, for years anyway. So uh, going back to the blog then, Nafisa, I, I, I remember reading in there um, a quote that you made in there. I didn't, I didn't choose a career in comms. It chose me. And that certainly stuck out to me in your blog because a lot of people tend to have kind of fallen into comms it, you know maybe uh, it's probably becoming more of a, an appreciation or a, a career that people look towards but not necessarily one that has had that reputation in the past so I wonder how many other people out there would would also say the same thing what do you think on that? I think lots of people say it um, we all say it in different ways so somebody might say that they've fallen into comms other people might say that they ended up in comms I think from a cultural point of view, comms isn't comms and marketing actually wasn't ever something that was really discussed. But if you look at how South Asian um, families tend to be quite community based, yeah. public relations is something that happens um, yeah. just quite naturally, actually, um, do you know. I remember growing up where my mum would buy something based on something that a neighbour has told her or somebody that a, uh, something yeah. that a shopkeeper has told her or something that she's seen on the TV. She might not associate with it in terms of marketing, comms or public relations, but it's, it's something that's happening in yeah. real life. Um, and I think we've grown up with it, but we just don't refer to it in that way. Um, so for me, I think comms was quite natural. I was always a bit of a speaker. I liked to do things that were quite different as well, um, not the same type of jobs every single day. Um, so for me, it was just something that I, I absolutely loved from day one. Yeah, and so it should be up there now. So in South Asian... Uh, family career conversations doctor lawyer engineer and yeah. comms hero now we're adding on it's official right. it's now added on to the list so from your 10 years experience what advice would you give to people starting out in their comms career now so they can do their best to feel that they do have that sense of belonging so i think professionally um there are a few things that i would recommend i think it's really important to explore which element of comms and PR it is that you're really passionate about. Um, although there's an umbrella term for comms and PR, um, that there are certain, um, certain streams of it, if I can say that. Um, so I think it's exploring which aspect of it is that you really like. I've talked about how I don't like to write a press release, so PR probably isn't the right one for me, um, but digital PR is very different from that. So I think it's about um, understanding which element of it it is that you enjoy and the only way that you can do that is really um, experiencing them all so don't be afraid to try new things 
I think from a personal but also a professional point of view, it's important to be yourself, to tell your story, um, to show up. So if people are having a conversation online um, at the moment um, due to COVID and remote working, it's really easy um, in some aspects to network with people online. Um, so so take, uh, take advantage of that and try to find your community. What I've learned in the last year, and um, this is mainly because of a leader like me and through the Comms Hero Network, is the importance of community. It's um, feeling as though you belong. Um, and I, th- I think that really helps you give, uh, it really helps give you the confidence that you need um, to actually keep, keep going and achieving more and progressing. Yeah, so you picked. Um, uh, it's fantastic insight into into the blog and and your time. Some really good tips there for people to 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 take on board and uh, think about what aspects of comms and marketing because it is so broad as you as you mentioned. So Nafisa, you you're part of the Comms Hero community, the network, and you've attended, like you said, some of the virtual events that we've we've had the Comms Hero Week and the the monthly catch up events, and you're involved in a lot of the conversations on the hashtag Comms Hero on social as well. So you know you, you gave a little insight there into you know why is Comms Hero important to you? You mentioned the community, and, and would you recommend people working in that? umbrella term of comms and marketing to actually be part of that community definitely i i I remember seeing comms hero um when you had one of the first events back in back a few years ago and i didn't attend it i'll be very honest um i couldn't attend it. i couldn't afford to attend it and um i i remember watching in awe where people were having this conversation about comms about work you know things that were quite serious but in quite a fun and a light way and, and just watching that over the years has been really interesting. Um, I was always really nervous to actually use the hashtag as well because, you know, I think I think you need, uh, you know, it, it's it's hard to just go in there and say, look, here I am, I want to join you. It can be quite difficult. Um, but I think it, it's been an amazing community to be part of. Um, the learning um, that I had um, received, I remember through the comms here a week, was was more than I've done I think in over a decade which is actually terrible wow. to admit but I, I think it it really changed my thinking as well in how I need to I need I need to step up and take those opportunities myself so so for me it is all about that I think it's about giving as well so it's actually about taking part in the conversations as well so if anybody else needs support in that community actually showing up to support them as well not just not just constantly pushing um, content in that space and expecting you to promote it. No, not good on you, and and you do like I say you regularly um, post on there as well. So and and long may that continue. So. Who are your comms hero inspirations, Nafisa? Are there any people or brands that you that you want to share? I think for me it's the people. Um, Advita and Priya. Um, so Advita Patel and Priya Bates are amazing. Everything that they're doing with a leader like me and, you know, other aspects of comms that they work in and, you know, the other things that they talk about, so measurement, evaluation, planning, being strategic, um, you know, true comms heroes. Um there's also Rachel Miller, Sarah Browning. There's other people that were part of a leader like me, and you know that we we still talk and we still go through things. 
so all of those people really um, inspire me because of the kindness as well. So so they have that comes hero kindness um, that I've seen from the community. And then there's Amrit Nija. So I don't I, I don't Amrit's not always very active on social, but she's a diversity and belonging manager, I believe. Yeah. I'm sorry, Amrit, if you're listening and I've got this wrong, um, but she works at Tarmac and um, she's recently been on Rachel Miller's um, podcast, her Candid Comes podcast, and she's talked about diversity. And Amrit is amazing. She's a person that will give you her time. She'll give you feedback and she'll be really honest and helpful. Um, so those are the type of people I, I class as my comms heroes. There's also yourself, there's Sophia Khan as well. So there's there's lots of different people from the community that I, I you know, I, I totally fangirl of all the time. And I'm a complete fan of. Good, good on you. Some some great names in there as well. So I'll give them a name check in the show notes anyway. So um, Nafisa, what a fantastic, um, I think, you know, 30 minutes or so or 25 minutes. So it's just flown by and lots of stuff that we've covered. It's a very sensitive subject. So a big shout out to you for, for, for you know, coming on the podcast and, and discussing that so openly. And but there more importantly there's some advice that people can take away which i know is the kind of the attention with this the whole thing of you putting that out there so that other people don't necessarily have to go through that experience but if they do then at least have a little bit of knowledge of how to cope with that and what to do with it and likewise if um you know people want to connect with you to discuss any situations they may have or just get some advice or just connect and, and be part of the community how can they find you what are your social handles um so at the moment twitter um i'm on there as nafisa shafiq um i don't even know if i need to spell nafisa out for people but it's um just nafisa shafiq it'll be in the show notes also on linkedin as nafisa ali shafiq but i think if you just pop nafisa shafiq in it should pop in i am on instagram but not at the moment but again same uh, <laughs> a couple of times on desktop yeah. shafiq across them all you'll find me i'm not very active on instagram uh, i am a bit of a lurker at the moment um so yeah i'm across there and then my blog is nafisa shafiq.com Excellent. Thank you very much for that, Nafisa. And uh, uh, you'll find this podcast on Spotify, Apple and wherever you consume your podcasts. But it's also going to be available on the website comzero.com and you can follow Twitter at comzero. For comzero events, we do run a monthly virtual networking event called the comzero catch up. And it's the last Wednesday of every month at 12 p.m. And um, we've got comzero week happening 27 September to 1st of October along with the Comzero Awards happening in 2021 as well. So lots of exciting stuff ahead. So check out the website or the, the Twitter account for more details of that. So Nafisa, just to say a big thank you once again, and it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Asif. It's been amazing to be here.